0: Good morning, Houston Northwest. How are we doing today, everybody? We good? All right. If you have your Bible with you, and I hope that you do, I want to invite you at this time to go ahead, take it out, head over to the book of Genesis. That is the first book in the Bible. We're going to be in chapter 3 and chapter 5 today. So get ready over there. Now, as you're taking out your Bible, I want to uh, just fill you in on uh, something. So I'm going to ask you to do something that I rarely do in worship. Are you ready? Would you please also... Take out your phone. All right, there you go. Okay, so take out your phone. Please don't go to Instagram. Um, so as you're headed, getting get your phone out, I want to just share with you, every year the elders of the church gather together and they pray and they ask the Lord for direction for the coming year. And for 2024, we really felt like the Lord put on our hearts that we needed to be a presence in the community showing the light of Jesus. So um, we just kind of got this uh, emphasis that we're gonna ask the church to participate And with us in this coming year, we're calling it Pray, Care, Share. Now, we sort of soft launched it back in November to work out some kinks, some bugs. But we have a visual aid that's set up in the uh, commons area. It's a picture of the Houston skyline. And it's dark, but we would like to light it up with light from uh, the people in this room spreading the light of Jesus. And how do we do that? Well, we're going to do one of three things. We're going to pray with our neighbors, we're gonna care for our neighbors, or we're going to share the gospel with our neighbors. So now, I want you to take your phone, go to hnw.org, as you head over to the church website. When you get to hnw.org and you scroll down just a little bit, you're gonna see a button that uh, has the graphic for Pray, Care, Share, and then it just has a button there that says Share. Listen, here's the deal, we're not asking for your name, we're not trying to uh, get you you to participate in drawing attention to yourself. But we think it's really encouraging when we share stories about what God is doing in our individual lives. So if you click that button, you'll see three options: Hey, I prayed with someone, I cared for someone, or I shared the gospel with someone, and then just a place where if you want to share your story, you can. And what I love to do is just to have the opportunity to stand up here and share stories and how that encourages people. So I'm just going to share a story from my week. Um, every Sunday on my way to church. Um, I drive through, and I get a cup of coffee, and uh, my barista is a young lady named Kayla, and uh, Kayla and I you know, have kind of some great conversations, but last week, I just really sensed the Lord prompting me to ask her if I could pray with her, and so I said, hey, is there anything that I could be praying for you about, and she shared uh, kind of a difficult circumstance that was happening in her life, and uh, so I just said, well, let's just pray about that, Um, today, went back to get my cup of coffee. Turns out that today is Kayla's birthday, by the way. And I came back and she just shared that yesterday the Lord answered that prayer. And um, as we got to just celebrate, and you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't really get the sense that Kayla believes what I believe uh, based on some things that she said to me. But that being said, she was grateful that I prayed with her and it has opened up just a line of communication. I'm sharing that with you to tell you We are in a season of massive spiritual openness in our culture. And if you will pray with, care for, share the gospel, I'm telling you, God will bless that. So I wanna encourage you in that, ask you to do that, and just share those stories with us. And as you do, we're gonna just take those stories and we're gonna literally take that Houston skyline image and we're gonna light it up and fill it up with the light of Jesus. So church, would you join me in that in 2024? Maybe, I don't know, that didn't sound very good. You're like, hmm. Maybe. Well, I'm gonna go home talk to everybody. We'll think about it. All right. Church, will you join me in that in 2024? Yes. Okay, great. Let's do that together. All right. Um, we're gonna jump into the scripture, Genesis 3, Genesis 5. Let me pray for us, and then we'll jump in. God, would you please meet me right now in my weakness, in my imperfections, and somehow, God, take those things, and just fill me with your spirit to the point that as I speak, Lord, it's not my words, but it's yours. And Father, I pray, would you move in the hearts of the people in this room that you would pry open any hard hearts, and God, put receptive hearts within us through the power of your spirit, Lord, so that as your word goes out, that we would receive it and respond. Jesus, we love you. Have your way with us today. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And then flip over with me. Just turn the page. Go to chapter 5. Chapter 5. We're in um, verse 22. The scripture says, And after he fathered Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and fathered other sons and daughters. So Enoch's life lasted 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Then he was not there because God took him. This is the word of the Lord. So everybody, I've already had you take your phone out. I mean, that was like crazy, but um, we're gonna do another thing a little different just to start. If you would, um, if you haven't already put your phone away, put your phone away. But uh, what I want to ask you to do, close your eyes with me for just a second. And I just want us to get still for just a second. And as you close your eyes, as you're still, just take a really deep breath and Exhale. And I want you to hear these words, these truths. You are more loved than you could possibly know by your Father. He is not frustrated with you. He loves you. Jesus has done everything to bring you into connection with God. You are received By grace, you do not have to strive. And he wants you to be connected with him because that's what he designed you for. Okay, you can open your eyes. This is what I want you to hear today. Some of us, that's the first time we've slowed down this week. Been running a million miles an hour, life is crazy. And some of us, if we're just honest, it's okay, no judgment. That's the first time we've even really had a moment to connect with God this week. And that's what I want us to hear about today. You have been designed to connect with God. You have been designed to have life, not death. But the way that you receive life is not the way that the world will try to give you life. It's through connection with God. Last week, I stood up here shared a sermon. I talked about the connected life and the separated life. And I put an image up. We're gonna put that up again. I just want us to look at that to see the difference between the connected life and the separated life. So let's look at that. All right, so the separated life, false identity, fear, conflict, self-focus, perfection, certainty, scarcity. The connected life, your true identity, joy, inner peace, creative solutions, others focused, failures, learning, mystery, and you have enough. And we looked at those last week and we said, and we wanna be connected, not separated. This is what I want you to hear today. Connected living, being connected to God, that is the way of the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom. And that's our desire for this church. If I have one prayer for our church, it's that we would be a kingdom church, that we would be connected to God. I can't tell you how incredible it is when we have that prayer song and I see people flooding the front of this room Praying because prayer is a connected life. Prayer is a kingdom life, right? Now, the separated life is not the kingdom. The separated life is the way of the empire or the way of the enemy. And the world is discipling us in empire thinking and empire living every day. We have to intentionally, strategically, (laughs) strategically live to go against the way of the empire. And to do that, we have to stay connected to God. So how do we have a connected life? It's Genesis 3, it's Genesis 5, and it's actually throughout the scripture. This is it. We walk with God. We walk with God. From the very beginning of the Bible, we see God walking. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, we see that the Lord God is found walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The sun has gone down. It's the evening. And Adam and Eve apparently had a rhythm where they would go walking with the Lord because they heard him coming. They knew that he would be there. Now, Obviously, the Lord God is not human in the way that we would think, but maybe this is um, a pre-incarnate Jesus. Uh, Maybe this is anthropomorphic language. Maybe this is poetic license. We don't really know exactly what's happening, but the idea there is is that Adam and Eve are going to walk with God. Two chapters later, chapter five, we read about Enoch, and Enoch, the Bible says, also walked with God. It's the same word as the Lord God walking in Genesis chapter three. He walked with God, the Bible says, for 300 years. Now here's the crazy thing. We don't really know much about Enoch. I mean, can you imagine living for 365 years and this is your funeral sermon? He walked with God. That's it. The implication here seems to be that when Enoch died, he didn't really die. He walked so closely with God that the Lord just took him into his presence. The scripture says, he, he just wasn't there anymore. God took him. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse five, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not experience death. And he was found, not found to be because God took him away. For prior to his transformation, he was approved having pleased God. So in other words, Enoch walked so closely with God that he didn't die. The Lord just said, you're ready to step into my presence. He didn't even have to experience death. He said, you can just come into glory. Hashtag goals, right? (laughs) So now think about this. Think then that he was transformed and how was he transformed? By walking with God. Walking with God is the point of connection and walking with God is the place of transformation. The earliest teachers in Judaism, the rabbis, picked up on the idea of walking and teaching. There's a verse in the book of Deuteronomy chapter six known as the Shema. And it is a command for parents as they are with their children to pass down the deep truths of God. And when does the Lord God tell them that they should have these deep conversations? He says, talk about them when you sit in your house. This is Deuteronomy chapter six, verse seven. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road. Something about just walking side by side that you'll be able to have these sorts of conversations. I mean, what do we do now? I mean, we get in the car, hand our kids our tablets. If we're gonna be connected, right, there's this sense that we're side by side, we're ready, we're intentional, we're having those conversations. This tradition continues all the way into the New Testament. At that time, the rabbis would commonly walk places with their students. There was a saying in those days that you should walk so closely to your rabbi that you would get dust from your rabbi's sandals on your robe. Because you were supposed to be walking with your rabbi and patterning your life after the rabbi. Now, who are the people that walk with God? Great question. The Bible has a word for them. This is the word, disciple. The Bible commands the church to make disciples. In other words, we are to make people who are able to walk with Jesus. The the mission statement of our church is to make Houston more like heaven, by helping Houstonians become more like Jesus. We could say, though, by helping Houstonians learn how to walk with Jesus. Because living connected means that we are going to learn how to walk with Jesus. Now, let's just be honest. It's easy to disconnect. I mean, how many of us, what we like to do, we just like to veg out, we like to just pull out our phone and and scroll. Just disassociate. It's easy to do that, why? Because We have a lot of things that have happened to us. I want you to hear me. Your trauma, your experiences, your past, they will color your perception of God. And if you are not careful, you will allow your trauma, your experiences, your past, you will allow those to distort your perception of God to a place where you actually don't know who God is. You're carrying a false understanding of God. You know, we'll get on... Uh, whatever social media platform or you know, taking whatever kind of information and we'll end up with a false view of God because we'll take our experiences and then the algorithm will confirm our experiences and that confirmation bias will tell us a picture of God and a picture of the world that is actually in contradiction with who God himself says he is in his word but we won't know it because we're not walking with him. Now listen, um, we're in an age right now where people understand they need to be emotionally healthy. I mean, and I'm pro-therapy, pro-counseling, I'm in counseling, Um, but I would tell you one of the dangers of counseling is that if we're not careful, we can begin to think of ourselves as ultimate, right? And we've gotta recognize that when we get emotional health, we also need to, to get not just emotionally healthy, but then take that emotional health to a place where we can walk with God so that we can rediscover who he is so that we don't buy into the enemy's version of who God is. So what does it look like for us to walk with him? I I wanna be clear, I couldn't directly pull these from Genesis three and Genesis five, but I do think that if you go and you read the scripture and you just go home and you Google, you look up the places where people walk with God, you will see that I'm not making these things up. This is what it means to walk with God. So three things today that I think that we need to do to counter the practices of the world so that we could actually experience the connected life. Number one, God wants us to slow down. God wants us to slow down. God, in other words, is patient. God is patient. Some of us today are not connected with God because we simply will not slow down. What if I told you today that productivity is not a fruit of the spirit? <laughs> we can go home now, right? That's a sermon. <laughs> we are trained to believe that we are what we do. We are what we get done. get done. That's a lie. Nowhere in the scripture does it say you are what you accomplish, but we believe it. That's what the, the message of the world is over and over. But the truth that Jesus would tell us is you will actually experience life if you'll move at a slower pace. Remember, the scripture says that Jesus wants to give us life and give it to us abundantly, give it to us to the full. But you cannot have a full life if you fill up your life with activity. It's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. You have a full life when you're connected to God. The truth of the matter is, is that Americans are obsessed with speed and that God is obsessed with the slow. One of the hardest lessons for us to learn is the fact that God prefers the slow over the fast. But think about the stories that Jesus told. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like a race car. No, nope, doesn't say that. The kingdom of God is like a laser. Also, no. The kingdom of God is like a seed. The kingdom of God is like yeast. The kingdom of God is like a treasure that's hidden in a field that you gotta go find and you gotta dig. It's slow and it's patient. God is obsessed with the slow. What kind of plants grow overnight? Weeds. How long does it take an oak tree to become beautiful? 100 years? I love driving down by Rice University and you see those oak trees that have been pruned for generations. I mean, the people who used to prune those are dead, but the oak trees are still there. Now, ask yourself, do I want the spiritual formation of a dandelion or of a live oak? And how do I get those? Consistent, slow walking. As Eugene Peterson would say, a long obedience in the same direction. If you go walking with someone, it's a very different experience than if you go running with someone, right? Running makes you tired. Well, running makes me tired at least, right? So, but if you walk with someone, it's different than running with someone because if you walk with someone, you can have a conversation. If you try to talk to me when we're running, I will never run with you again, right? I I only make one sound when I run and it's terrible. I mean, no one wants to hear it. The average human walking speed, three miles per hour. You can have a conversation at three miles per hour. You learn what the other person learns at three miles per hour. You say, oh, did you see that? Oh, yeah, how about, wow, look at that. Whenever you go walking, the things that are in your heart come spilling out. I'm amazed that whenever Joy and I will go for a walk, there will be things I've been thinking about for days. And then they'll just bubble out something about us that was made to walk and made to walk with God. When you walk, you move at a pace that you can comprehend and know one another. And when you walk with God, then you can comprehend and know him. So why do a lot of us struggle to know God? Because we refuse to move at his speed. You ever been one of those people that just wants to get to the next thing? I gotta get to the next phase of life and then to the next phase of life and the next phase of life and then you're dead, right? Some of us aren't enjoying life because we're not moving at the speed that God wants to, to do. We're running ahead of God and wondering why God isn't there. Kosuke Koyama wrote a book. I love the title of this book. Three Mile an Hour God. This is what he writes. Love has its speed. It is a spiritual speed. It is a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It goes on in the depth of our life, whether we notice or not, at three miles an hour. It is the speed we walk and therefore the speed the love of God walks. God in all of his wisdom could choose any point in human history in which to take on flesh and step into the world. And did he choose the 21st century? No, he did not. He chose 2,000 years ago. Why did he choose 2,000 years ago? I kind of think because he had to walk everywhere. I mean, Jesus is talking about farming. He intentionally arrives at a time when he has to wear sandals so that he'll have to wash feet. He chose that place and that time and I can't help but think that part of it is because he knew that that's the best speed for spiritual growth. There is something about slowing down that is good for us, maybe even necessary for us. I I don't know about you, but when I go on a hike, I can be tempted to just try to make the trail as fast as I can, get there and get back. And I I miss what I'm supposed to see. I I don't take in the vista. I don't enjoy the scenery itself. You know how good it is when you get the undivided attention of someone, particularly someone that you want their attention? Someone pays you undivided attention it is so life giving. And here's what I want you to hear God wants to give you undivided, life giving attention any moment that you're ready for it. He's ready to give you that attention. What if we would realize that God loves us deeply as his beloved child? We can't impress him, we don't even need to try to impress him just because we're his kids. He just receives us and accepts us. I think that one of the things that the Lord has been teaching me is that God is not impatient with me right now. He's not frustrated with me. I mean, I've made the same mistake 83 times this week. And God is not sitting there going, you know, maybe this is just a waste of time. God looks at me and says, I'm with you. I'm with you. God is not frustrated. God keeps walking, and he knows that if we'll walk with him, then we'll see him and we'll be changed. But you can't be changed if you won't slow down enough to walk with him at his pace. Here's the truth. If you're too busy to walk with God, you're too busy. You ever snuck your phone out to check your email during worship? Me either, right, you know? Right, I've done that. And when I do that, I have to think, I can't give one hour to God. I can't give one hour. What, what's, what's our deal? We, we struggle. We are addicted to speed. But when we see what he's doing at his pace, we begin to finally experience transformation of the heart. And we'll see his patience. So that's the first thing. Slow down. Number two. He wants us to listen because he is kind. The lie that many of us believe is that we are defined by what we say. In other words, if I will just say enough, then people will think that I'm intelligent or impressive or cool or whatever thing I'm going for. So I've just got to keep saying those things until people finally believe those things about me. So I just keep talking. But the truth is, is that the person who needs to speak to form my identity is God. And what God says about me is actually the true thing. Guys, we just don't stop talking most of the time. Walking with God is a time when we can sit still. I read this passage in Genesis chapter five and I think about Enoch walking with God. Do you think that Enoch is telling God what's up the entire time that they're hanging out? Like God, let me tell you how you need to be doing things around this joint, right? I picture Enoch asking questions. Do you ask God questions? You ever read the book of Psalms? You ever notice the psalmist is asking questions all the time. Questions are a sign of curiosity. Recently, I had a pastor tell me, never stop asking God questions. I love that. But most of the time, what I want to do is I want to say, God, I need this. Boom, boom, boom. God, if you would take care of this, that would really help me. All right, I'm out of here. Do I get to know someone if I treat God like the clerk behind the counter at Chipotle, right? How do you get to know someone? You ask questions, you listen. Walking is designed for conversation. It's not lost on me that one of the best conversations Jesus ever had was when he was walking with disciples on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is able to speak the entire way and they hear him as they learned that he had to suffer to be the Messiah because they asked questions and they listened. And they could listen because why? They were walking with him. Most of us when we're in a conversation, you know the way that the conversation works, right? They're saying something and we've had a similar experience, so what are we waiting to do? We're waiting to tell them, oh, I have a story that's just like that, so as soon as they're going, we're like, okay, 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 now here's my story, now look at me, right? Or. They're saying something and we cannot believe how wrong they are. And so what are we waiting to do? We're waiting to tell them how wrong they are, right? So we just wait for them to finish. Okay, 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 you're wrong, right? That kind of a thing. That's the way that most of our our brains work in conversation. But I want you to think about your favorite conversations. There are people in my life that I deeply appreciate because they just listen to me. They're not trying to argue with me. But not even necessarily trying to like one-up me. They just wanna hear me. And what I want you to know is that the best thing that you can do when you walk with God is listen to his voice. We tend to carry that bluster with us into our spiritual lives of always talking. Why do we get on social media? Well, it's to talk. And what do we talk about? Normally, ourselves. Why do we talk about ourselves? It's almost like we're waving a flag saying, somebody see me, somebody pay attention to me, somebody notice me. And this is the way that we tend to carry ourselves in conversation, we keep talking, hoping that someone will take the time to stop talking themselves and to start listening. And here's what I want you to hear, Jesus is always listening and we can learn so much if we'll listen to him. The other night, Joy and I went out to dinner with another couple, and at the end of the night I got to reflecting on the conversation and I realized I talked way too much. You ever had one of those nights? get to the end of the night you're like wow I was the chatterbox tonight and I realized as I just reflected on my week I had had one of those weeks where I had kind of been pouring into other people and I had sort of felt a little invisible and I just wanted someone to notice me and so I kept talking and I was talking hoping that someone would find my life interesting enough that they would want to pay attention to me. I'm sharing that with you because I think many of us are walking around waving conversational flags saying, look at me, look at me, and this is the thing that I want you to hear. Most relationships are better when we listen. And listen, this is the best part. When you listen to Jesus, you actually end up with the thing that you're yearning for because whenever you listen to Jesus, you find out that he's already listening to you. He hears your deepest cries, the yearnings of your heart, See, most relationships don't work that way. Most of the time, whenever we're talking to people and we're listening to them, you know what our fear is? Our fear is that if we listen to them, they'll never take the time to reciprocate and ask about us. We're afraid that we'll go unnoticed. But if we listen to Jesus, here's the beautiful thing. He already knows our heart. He's already listening. In Luke chapter 16, verse 15 Jesus says, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. You wanna know why we listen to Jesus? Because God already knows our hearts, but often we're so busy talking that we don't know our hearts. We don't know what's happening inside of us because we keep talking, and if I'm honest with you, I think we keep talking because we know that if we stop talking, if we start listening, we'll have to deal with what's happening in here This is why we're always like another podcast, another audio book, turn on the music, put in the AirPods, because we don't wanna have to get still and listen to this. Here's the great news, Jesus already knows what's in there. He already knows. And when we get still enough to listen, and we hear ourselves, that's when he can start to work. This is why one of the disciplines that we teach new believers is the discipline of reading the scripture. Did you know that multiple studies have shown that the number one indicator of spiritual growth, and I would say the number one indicator of walking with God, being connected, is reading the Bible. There's a reason we call it the word. It's because he's speaking to us, and as you read the scripture, you're gonna hear from God. It's the number one way that his spirit speaks to us. Um, I was talking to one of the ladies in our church after first service, and she just shared with me she has a friend that's here at MD Anderson and a friend is dying of leukemia potentially. And she's like, got this vibrant faith, but for whatever reason, this day she went to go see her, she was just mad, bitter at God. Maybe you've been there. And she said, um, you know, have you prayed today? And the lady was like, nope. I said, are you gonna pray today? Nope. And uh, she said, I, I was just asking God, God, what do I do right now? And she just felt the Holy Spirit whisper to her, read the scripture. And so she just pulled out her Bible, started reading pages from the scripture. She said that her friend just began to weep and then her countenance lifted. Something about just being reminded of who God is. Hearing God's voice changes us. God wants us to hear him because when we hear him, we're reminded who he really is, not who everybody else says that he is. Listening is a key component of walking. And then third, he wants us to learn. And what I mean by that is that God is hopeful. Here's the lie. I am who I am and I can't change. Or maybe even worse, they are who they are and they can't change. But here's the truth. People change all the time when they walk consistently with Jesus. I love Genesis chapter five, verse 24. Enoch walked with God and then he was not there because God took him. He doesn't die according to Hebrews chapter 11, but God took him. Now, it's not expressly stated in this verse, but this is the way that I picture it, is that Enoch is walking with God for 300 years, and he's walking with God so closely that whenever he transitions into heaven, he doesn't even immediately notice it because he's just walking with God. Can you imagine having a seamless transition from this life into the next. God wants us to walk with him so that we don't just simply see what he accomplishes, but how he accomplishes it. He doesn't just want us to know his heart, but he wants us to see the way that um, that he does things. And whenever you walk together, when you're with someone, you can learn the way that they do things. I'm the son of a plumber, um, so I know some plumbing. Uh, Do not ask me to help with your plumbing issues, that will go badly for everyone involved, okay? But I do know some plumbing being, why do I know some plumbing? Because I was with a plumber a lot as a kid. I was, you know, the plumber's helper. And, uh, and in that, what you learn is, is there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And there's a lot of wrong ways to do things. I mean, a lot of, and I would do things and my dad would go, uh, no, that's not it, do it this way. And I'd try this way, no, 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 not that way either. Here's the way that you do it. Now, in my mind, I would think, well, this is gonna accomplish the same task. But he said, no, no, there's a right way to do things. I'm sharing that with you, because I think that we often think that we're going to accomplish whatever it is that we think that God wants us to accomplish, but here's the thing. I don't know that God has the same sort of goals in mind that we have. Here's the other thing. I think that sometimes we're just focused on the end when God is just as focused on the means. In other words, the route that we take is just as much a part of the discipleship as the end in itself. The way that we do things matters. We're formed by the way that we do things. Um, In 1988, a pastor by the name of Joel Gregory preached a sermon in San Antonio. He told this story. I love it. He tells a story that in Scotland, one of the most beautiful castles, um, the, the royal family, the Lord family, wasn't staying there regularly. And people in the community were poor. And so they were breaking into the castle and they were robbing it on the regular basis. So he said, we need to build a wall around the castle. So he called in some of his servants. He brought his chief servant and he said, hey, we need to build a wall around this castle. And he said, okay. He said, how long do you think that'll take you? He said, probably about a year. He said, okay, great, I want you to get the best stone that you can find and build a wall around the castle. And then he gets up and he leaves and he goes back to wherever he was. And he comes back a year later and he finds a beautiful wall, but the castle is gone. Like the castle does not exist anymore. Like the foundation is there and that's it. And he goes to a servant and he says, I see the wall, it's beautiful, but where's the castle? And the servant says, well, you wouldn't want me going all over Scotland looking for rocks when the best stones were right here the entire time, would you? So he tears down the castle to build the wall. A lot of us end up hurting our faith, end up hurting our faith, because we're trying to do the thing that we think God wants us to do it in a way that he would never choose. Right, so Jesus says, love your enemies, and we're like, oh, but what if we shot them, right? That, you know, they kinda get, you know, we can deal with them sooner, you know, in eternity and that kind of a thing, right? We think, well, Jesus, your goal is probably that the enemies are dealt with, and, and my goal is that the enemies will be dealt with, but we have very different methods of going about that. Why? God wants us to learn his ways. He wants us to know his heart, but he wants us to know his ways. The way that we change is by doing the things that he asks us to do. I'm not sure that the goal of Christianity is efficiency. I do think that the goal of Christianity is faithful fruit. The reason that the servant built a wall and tore down the castle is because he wasn't walking with his Lord day by day to know what was it that he ought to do. And many of us, many of us, Are walking around with Sunday school knowledge from our childhood, trying to deal with adult problems, but we haven't been connected to God in a very long time, and we think that we're doing great things when really, we're really just kind of gumming up the works. We're We're not growing. The way of Jesus is the kingdom, and the way of the world is the empire, but I only experience connection with God when I choose the kingdom way. So why does God want us to walk with him? Because when we walk with God, we see his marvelous character, slowing down, listening, choosing his way. They're all extensions. They're all branches from the vine of God's perfect, patient, kind, hopeful, Character And God wants to direct his kindness and his patience and his hopefulness directly upon us. God's desire is that we will know just how good he is and that we will choose it, we'll be connected to it, we'll experience life, we'll receive life. But we cannot choose that unless we choose connection first. We gotta walk with him. Jesus has been given to us so that we might experience the fullness of God this side of eternity. Jesus chose the cross a backwards way. Jesus chose to conquer death a backwards way. Things we never would have chosen because it was the only path to life. And today, the only path to life for us might seem backwards to the world, but it's to reject the idol of productivity and reject the idol of creating an identity in speech and to reject the idol of doing things in the world's way and instead say, I wanna be connected to God, so I choose his way instead. I slow down, I listen, I walk with him. How glorious would it be in connection to finally discover the depths of God's love for us? How good would it be to walk so closely with Jesus that on the day that you breathed your final breath on this earth, your next breath in heaven took you a moment to realize that you had arrived because you'd been walking so closely with Father God? We're able to do these things because of what Jesus has done. And only by faith in him can we walk with God. Self-discipline to slow down or to listen are good, but they will not bring you into connection with the Father. Connection with the Father comes through Jesus. And Jesus is the way that we see just how deeply God loves us, and just how beautifully he has designed us to be. So today, church, I ask the question, are you ready to walk with him? And are you ready to place your faith in this Jesus? And are you ready to reconnect? Would you please pray with me? Everybody, just bow your head, and I want to ask a few questions. First, just take a moment and just ask. Would you, if you would say, Steve, I need to slow down. I know it. Would you just raise your hand? Just say, yep, that's me. I got to slow down. Lots of hands. Just raise them up. It's okay. Okay, good. All right. Next, if you'd say, Steve, the thing I need to do, I need to listen. I am not listening to God. I'm doing a lot of talking, but I'm not listening. Raise your hand. Okay, more lots of hands. Okay, next. If you'd say, hey, Steve, I'm, I'm trying to do things my way and not God's way. Would you raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. And then last, you've heard this and you've just said, you know, I I can't have any of this because I've never actually placed my faith in Jesus, never actually officially believed that he's God's son, that he died on a cross for my sin, that he was resurrected to give me the gift of eternal life. Never placed my faith in him, but I'm ready to trust him today for faith. If that's you, I wanna pray for you today. Would you just raise your hand? Just Raise it up and I can pray for you. Lord, pray for us. Lord, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you for your grace. And today, we're grateful, grateful for an opportunity to know that you love us, that you see us, and that we can be reconnected by slowing down, by listening, by choosing your way. We love you, God. Pray all this in the name of your Son Jesus. Amen.